Hello and welcome back to The Corner on Character, where character speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate character champions who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today we are visiting with Jessica Chandler, a superhero and very passionate educator out in Meridian, Texas. Welcome, Jessica, to Character Speaks. Thank you, Barbara. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited for us to finally connect. We have connected in Twitter for several years, and then last year actually got to meet in person and so I'm, I'm excited to showcase your work and, and interested in if you would tell our listeners a little bit about what brought you to today. Absolutely. Yes, Barbara, meeting you last summer was definitely a highlight of my summer, getting to see you face to face. Thank you. You are, as you like to declare yourself, a hope dealer, and that is what you have served yourself to be to me in so many ways. Um, Our classes got to connect last year several times, um, well, my class with you, um, um, through Skype calls, and you read several books to them, and my students, I've always called them the super safe keepers and reminded them that they are superheroes, so I deeply connected with your message in what's under your cape, and as you know, my first graders and now my fifth graders um, have learned the empathy switch, and we have acted out and danced out many little songs and ditties that are throughout your book. And um, they just truly look up to you as I do as well. Thank you, Jessica. I, I don't think I'll ever in my lifetime forget the notes that you sent after we read the Penguin sequel. Shout out to Lita Judge. We love Penguin Flies Home. And um, one of your kids said that he had had a dream that I was his sixth grade teacher and that that was such a pleasant dream and and first I thought okay am I being duped here because you know that would be a really funny thing to say to someone but (laughs) uh, it just touched me to my core that I could get to know these children just via Skype so well. Wow I that is beautiful that just brought me chills and the students did. They deeply connected with you. And very often when we're planning another Skype, you know, I like to set the stage for engagement and build up anticipation so my students know, hey, we're preparing for a, sty- a Skype. And often they'll shout out, is it with Mrs. Greener? <laughs> so they have deeply connected with you. And I believe that that sentiment was Uh, You weren't being duped. They meant every word they said. (laughs) It was super, super sweet. And actually, I got many invitations to come to Meridian. So I I think I'm going to have to carve out some time just just to make a trip. We, We may be three and a half, four hours away, but I would totally love to see them in person before you have to let them go on to the next grade. Oh, that would be a dream come true. You would have some capes up everywhere with excitement (laughs) around this schoolhouse. (laughs) So talk to the listeners a little bit about moving from first grade to fifth, because my friend, that was not a small leap. You're right. It it was not a small leap, and I did not make that decision lightly. Um, I made that decision with a lot of consideration, talking with my husband and with prayer, And I knew that it was the right decision. I was very nervous, as you know, because I talked it over with you over the summer. I wasn't sure, you know, what needed to stay and what needed to 
depart from my classroom routines going from first to fifth grade. Um, and there are some things that I did have to say goodbye to. Um, but at the core of it, I knew that my heart is for the children and my heart is for relationships. And I'm in the business of building relationships, of helping students find out who they are by calling out greatness in them every day. And I can do that whether I'm serving students in first grade or I'm serving students in fifth grade, because that message of hope needs to be woven and threaded throughout their lives. So I do not regret one bit that I said goodbye to those early years and I have welcomed in this beautiful journey in fifth grade and I'm continuing to say yes to my calling of calling out greatness in my students. I love that calling out greatness and I'm really excited for those kiddos that you did not drop the read aloud, the picture books. I know sometimes we have the mindset that picture books are for the younger elementary kiddos. And oh my gosh, to see how they reacted to Penguin Flies Home, priceless. Absolutely. And I think that when I treat my students with respect and I talk to them with the respect that they deserve, they know that I'm not belittling them. And when they see that, hey, my adult teacher can get so excited about a picture book, I think it gives them the freedom to realize, oh, I can still enjoy these picture books as well. So it's just become an integral part of what we do in our classroom family. You know that up in Canada, Roman still uses them in high school. Yes, yes. And, and I believe there's not really a time for them to end, you know, because the message is timeless. So I love that calling on greatness. Besides picture books, how do you use, how do you call on greatness? How do you use hope to connect with those kiddos? One of the biggest beliefs that I hold dear to my heart is that every voice is important. In my childhood, the events that shaped me and created my why for teaching were a sense of not feeling heard as a child. And I've held on to that and remembered that so that every student that walks through the doors of my classroom knows that their voice is important, that their voice matters. So I remind my students of that every day and all throughout the day and all throughout the school year, letting them know that their voice is important. So student voice is a huge piece of calling out that greatness to me. So sometimes that looks like students holding a microphone and learning to speak in front of their peers. Sometimes that looks like teaching them how to respectfully disagree with me or one of their peers or someone outside of our classroom family and letting them know that their voice matters, that they deserve to be heard, and I'm showing them how to do that. And it looks like pausing from whatever I'm doing, looking up and making eye contact, and teaching them the skills of effective communication. So I believe through teaching them that their voice matters, I am able to connect with them on the deepest level of a healthy relationship and letting them know that their life matters to me. Do you know, I really saw that when we were um, Skyping because when you ask them, like, does anybody want to disagree with that? Or what are your thoughts or reflections about that? And I thought, oh my gosh, she's like asking <laughs> for disagreement. That's like so bold and brave. 
Yes. Well, thank you. Um, I teach my students sometimes it's through talk moves, you know, with those picture books or whatever the read aloud may be. I use talk moves. I teach them the sign language for I agree. I teach them the sign language for I challenge that and I want mm. to add on. So maybe they agree with you, but maybe they still have something else that they would like to share. And it just builds that community of communication. And sometimes they challenge. And when we do that, I need them to understand that there's a respectful way to challenge someone, that I can disagree with your ideas, and it doesn't mean I'm disagreeing with you. I can still value you as a person and disagree with your beliefs. And I think that that is a skill that students need that goes far beyond fifth grade and far beyond high school. And I need to continue to model that. So I'm very cognizant of how I communicate with adults because I know that my students are always watching me. So a lifelong skill. You were doing that in first grade as well. Yes, I was. And you know, I still have signs up in my room that my first grade students made for me that says, your voice matters, your oh. voice is important. So if there's a message that I want them to leave my room with, it is that their voice is important, that it matters. And I want them to learn the lesson of speaking up. And do you know what? They may never fall prey to the world when it tells them you're not enough or you're not worthy or you don't matter. That's right. That's right. Wow. So outside of the classroom, you've taken some leadership in um, the Key Club. Will you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, Whitney Sherman and I, Whitney Sherman's a fourth grade teacher here at Meridian Elementary. We began the Key Club and the, we are the Yellow Jackets. That's our mascot. So Key stands for Kindness and Empathy Yellow Jackets. Nice. And we opened it up this year to fourth and fifth grade. And I don't know if we'll go below that unless we get more um, adult supervision to help in and step in next year because we had an overwhelming number of students who wanted to be a part of the Key Club. So we actually have um, 45 students in the Key Club right now. Wow. So we're kind of bursting at the seams you are. there. <laughs> and we have just done various things. Just this past month, um, we made bookmarks and snuck them in library books in our school library and we have sung carols um, at the nursing home the local nursing home and made cards for them uh, we passed out hot chocolate to our local grocery store customers who were coming by and we were also singing to them around the holidays and we are getting ready to paint some kindness rocks i'm sure that one pings on you <laughs> You have like the um, epitome of great kindness rock art, you know, that you were had your great hand in there in Friendswood. So we're going to be making some kindness rocks and planting flowers here in April. So we have plans going forward, but I really want the students to give input too of how they would like to continue to display kindness here in Meridian and beyond. And this is going to sound weird, maybe, but what's in this for you? Um, for me, what's in it is knowing that this is what I'm called to do. So if I laid it down, I wouldn't be living 
my life to the fullest. I am called to call out the greatness in these children. I am called to elevate the voice of these children. So what's in it for me is saying yes to my why, saying yes to what I hold dear. And getting to watch it unfold before me is powerful. You know, it is that domino effect, that helper's high, right? Mm -hmm. So every time that I watch that impact and that spark and a student come up and say, you believed in me, so I was able to do these great things, you know, that just gives me fuel to my fire to keep going. Nice. So you're doing a lot of stuff. You're also motivating your staff on Mondays. I think you might be the, the I don't know, most gung-ho or enthusiastic <laughs> Celebrate Monday friend that Sean and his tribe have. Will you talk about why that's so important that you lead not only at your school, but also in Twitterverse? Well, thank you. Um, yes, I am very passionate about Celebrate Monday, and I miss my teaching partner from the school that I left in Keller because she and I did some grand Celebrate Mondays together, and we were only doing them like every month or so. So knowing that I was starting out on my own here in Meridian, I was like, well, I'm going to have to scale it down, <laughs> but I don't really have a stop to me. So I'm like, well, I can't give this Monday a break. So I haven't really taken a break on a Monday yet. So every Monday I usually go out. Uh, well, don't usually, I do go out and help, um, I relieve my principal of her position of helping with the arrival of students in the morning. And I'm dressed in a donut or a taco hat or some crazy gear to celebrate Monday. And I love to shout out, let's celebrate Monday and just greet the students with a smile. And my favorite was when I was dressed as an elf um, around Christmas time and a student jolted out of his car and just came running to me like he had seen one of Santa's helpers. And that was just more of that fuel for the fire that keeps you going. And I was like, this, this is why I'm here. And it's been great because I've been able to pull in other um, teachers from here in Meridian who have joined me faithfully, you know, of various teachers who join me and assist in celebrate celebrating Monday. And on Twitter, I just try to share what I can and and continue to boost the positivity and let the pepper effect of positivity spread. And, you know, it's like Sean says in his book, The Pepper Effect, that we have to ignore the naysayers. And that's one of the ways that I do it is I really believe, you know, every Monday I'm getting that fresh start and it allows me to get my gears reshifted to see that I have a new start and I have grace for a new week and I'm going to intentionally choose to ignore the fears, ignore the naysayers. So sometimes that voice is in my own head, but I'm going to focus on the positive. Well, listen, if that's your scaled back version, <laughs> I'm not sure the world is ready for your like, you know, normal every day, but you also put treats in teachers' boxes and highlighters and Twizzlers. And what are you doing, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I do. And my husband is so wonderful and supports me in this because he sees that it's important to me. 
to boost our campus with positivity. So, you know, it costs me a little bit, but I do always try to, you know, find a bargain in those things. But I feel that the payoff is so much greater than the cost that I may have spent on some highlighters or cookies, you know, or a Jolly Rancher to give them a Jolly Monday. (laughs) And seeing the effect of that happiness that it spreads is worth it. And I celebrate my students as well. You know, they get a treat each Monday as well, whoever the VIY is, the very important yellow jacket of the week. And I mail them a postcard. So three postcards go out each Monday as well. So wow. I, I just believe that I can help to elevate the joy and highlight on the hard work that's already happening you know, that this grand calling that I get to be a part of should be celebrated. And the teachers who are working so hard in this schoolhouse alongside me should know that they are valued, should know that they are seen and recognized. So it's just a way of me saying, hey, your voice is important and letting that message go beyond my classroom walls into the rest of my schoolhouse. And I hope beyond Meridian. Well, definitely out into Twitter every time that somebody either comments or retweets or or uses that idea that idea Absolutely. on their campus. Yeah. So you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a teacher, you're a club sponsor. What do you do? Oh gosh, a, a quote today that said, "Self-care isn't about me first, but about me too." Oh, that's good. Mm. What do you do about self-care? Well, that's that's a great question. And in order for me to take care of myself, I have been trying to be more intentional, especially I would say in the last year of making sure that I'm leaving work at work. And when I get home, I can be my best self for my family and getting that me time in, which usually looks like um, putting my face in a book. So these books that continue to fuel me with so many great things um, that I bring on into the classroom, they are part of my self-care because I'm an avid reader. And usually I'm reading teaching books, but I also love a good novel and um, just a good self-help book as well. So I usually have five or six or more books going at once. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds just like me. My pile just keeps getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) That's a good problem to have, isn't it, Barbara? I think it is. Hey, let's jump to your one word for the year. I know you're on the John Gordon, Allie Edwards, one word bandwagon. What did you choose Mm -hmm. and how's it going for you? Okay. Well, my one word is not an English word. It comes back to the bibliophile that I am. It came from a book. (laughs) So I was reading Ted Decker's book, uh, The 49th Mystic, and he speaks of metanoia, which is actually the Greek word for repentance, but it also means to change one's thinking. And I realized that I need a new way of thinking. And I just love it when I have those paradigm shift moments when I'm going one way and I think that I have the right answer (laughs) and I'm so set that I can't think any differently 
And then, whoa, my mind is blown. And I realize that a thought that I had held on to for years, that I may have been so stubborn in thinking, it was time for that thought to change. And I've had a lot of thoughts have that metanoia, have that change in thinking. So the metanoia was my word for this year because I realized that I don't want to be so stubborn and gripping of my ideas that I'm not flexible enough to change. And I want to be willing to change my thinking anytime that it's necessary. So it's holding on to the idea that I can embrace my ignorance. I can be a lifelong learner and that I don't have the corner market on truth and I'm open to correction and I want to hear someone else's ideas so that my thoughts can grow with me. I absolutely love that. That seems so far out of the norm. Now, here comes the next question. How will people know that that's your one word, that that's your focus, that that's your kind of like mantra for the year? Well, I have a few ways that I let it be known. Um, I taught my students what one word was, and I created many one word displays, and I taught them what metanoia means. And I teach them that I want them to challenge me. So back to those talk moves, I let them know I'm open to a challenge. You know, this is my idea on this, but please challenge me. Um, I also keep metanoia on a bracelet on my wrist that my dear friend Jamie Leach, who's on Twitter, um, Mm -hmm. had made for me. And another Twitter friend made a metanoia sign that I keep up on my board. So I do always have it as a focus in the front of my mind because I don't want my thoughts to be my focus. I want to be open that my thoughts can change. And I'm very candid about that. And anytime I have a change in thinking, I usually bring those lessons into my classroom and I let my students know, hey, here's what I was thinking about something and now I see it completely differently. Um, For instance, um, I used to, I'm embarrassed to admit, really not value any of those graphic novels that are, I cannot keep on my bookshelves. And I read Lead with Literacy and, you know, in it, she was discussing how these are all books and getting books in the hands of a kid is what the goal is. And I realized, whoa, I had metanoia on this and my thinking changed. And now I've embraced it and I've bought several copies of, you know, these books that I can't keep on the shelf. And I shared that with my students. And I think that that vulnerability and that honesty and candor that my thoughts can change and grow with me are leading that for them to follow. Okay, so I'm just going to make this I Love Jessica Day because I am just thinking it must be such a pleasure and a joy to be in your classroom. I also want to segue into, I love that you borrowed that from Miss Bachart. I wrote about it in What's Under Your Cape because it was one of Joshua's favorite sixth grade days. Will mm-hmm. you talk about how you adapted I Love Day for your Super Safe Keepers? Yes. That's just one more reason that your listeners need to get a hold of what's under your cape. Thank you, Jessica. Um, But I revisit your book often, at least once a month. I I pick it up and I get an idea and just kind of run with it. 
and maybe it's just sharing quotes with the classroom to encourage them. But when I remembered the I love day that I had already underlined, I'm going to do this after I'd read your book the first time, uh, I introduced it um, that Tuesday and Dustin started it off with I love Dustin day. And I just pull butcher paper out of the workroom and it takes up, um, there's like a designated spot in the classroom family now where that poster goes. And we write on the board, I love to the recipient their day. And we know, and I have, uh, you know, three sections of my class for a total of 47 students. And we have almost wrapped up I Love Day for the year. We have one student who will be our grand finale of I Love Days. And so of my 47 students, all 46 of that student's peers will be writing um, why they love that student. And I, of course, always share why I love them as well. And I take a picture at the end of the day and I hand over their poster. And it's just been a grand display because the students come back and they tell me, hey, it's hanging up in my bedroom or their moms or their grandmas have shared with me the pictures of that poster, you know, affixed to a corner in their room. And of course, with it is usually a beaming smile, that child holding up their sign. So it's just an easy, you know, affordable thing that all I've had to do is replenish some paint pens once because they dry out. Um, And it's their love is the cost. And we're focusing on the good of those students. And they always have something to say about their peers. I absolutely love how you adapted it and made it visible and made it tangible, something that they can take with them and, and really keep forever. Yes. Okay, my friend, our time is almost done. How can the listeners find you, follow you, grow alongside with you? Well, um, I am on Twitter, as we have discussed, at J Chandler Teach, and I sporadically blog at Teaching Reading with Love Leading, and I'm also on Voxer, so many people are connected with me on there as well. And you can come and hunt me down at Meridian Elementary. (laughs) We're coming to find you. It's near Waco. Is it kind of in the middle of the state? Yes. Yes. We're at the top of the hill country is our claim to fame. So I'm about 40 minutes away from Waco, just south of Waco. I meant north. (laughs) Well, Jessica, I'm afraid our time is up, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today. What a blessing it has been to visit with you and listen to all the promising practices that you have going on in your room in Meridian. I want to also remind the listeners that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. You know, last year we bought their um, hallway banners, and what a great way to colorize your building. Um, Go ahead and check them out at ProSignDesignCo.com. And then join us next week as we continue the conversation about connections, character education, and life. Until then, remember that character speaks.